Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parenting podcast. So Danny, one time before a trip, I wrote a little postcard to my son. He was, I think, three and a half at the time. And I left it for him on the kitchen table, and then I headed off to the airport. And um, my wife told me that that night when he went to bed, that postcard was underneath his pillow, that he went to sleep thinking about his dad, which was, of course, the whole point of the postcard. I just thought, that's a marvelous picture of God in me. Um, I'm actually okay when I pray with God if I fall asleep. Now, that might strike somebody as odd, but I think if I fall asleep and my last thoughts are communication with the God of the universe, he's okay with that. Um, Teaching prayer to our kids is a hard thing, but it can be as simple as just a little postcard. We're going to hear from somebody who has some great insights in teaching about this, Dr. David Ireland, and here he is talking with Jim Daly. Uh, Let's turn to some of the practical advice for moms and dads. Uh, You have some great ideas on how to make this really simple for parents who are listening. So let's get to it. You list uh, three ways that children can develop the healthy habit of daily prayer. One, uh, having a place to pray, a time, and then take it from there, a place and time and an agenda. So I have three things to develop a habit of prayer. Set a place of prayer, set a time of prayer, and set an agenda of prayer. And when I say set a place of prayer, your children need a private space, a place where they can call their own. And you may say, well, I have so many kids, there's no private space. But let's take a play out of the playbook of Susanna Wesley, the mother of John and Charles Wesley. She had 19 children. (laughs) Not many of our listeners have 19. I know. I can't even count that high when it comes to kids. That's like wall-to-wall children. But yet she had, every day she had her own private place to pray. She had an apron that she'd wear around her waist, and she would throw it over her head. (laughs) And she taught her children, whenever you see a mom in her place of prayer, never interrupt her. Wow. So we can teach our children, get a place of prayer, a private place. It could be part of the closet. They just push some of the clothing away, and that's their place. Or it could be their favorite chair, or it could be a favorite sofa, and they can take that place and, and pray when they're there. Then when I say set a time of prayer, I want it to be some formalized way, whether it may be right before they go to school for five minutes or when they come home before they start homework or or some time where it's a formal meeting with God, where it's an official time with God. The discipline of prayer is so important. And so they set that time. And so based on their age, again, I draw from Susanna Wesley. When her children were young, she taught them the the Lord's Prayer. She taught them to memorize it, and she taught them to then say it. Twice a day they had to say it. As they aged, she taught them then how to branch out in prayer in specific things, praying for your dad, praying for your mom, and I think we need to say that and teach that to our children. The third thing, uh, Jim, I would bring out is this, and John, is to set an agenda of prayer. An agenda is specific topics that it's important to us, it's important to others. And when it comes to the agenda of prayer, that's where I come into practical ways of habits and styles to make prayer engaging based on the age age of the child. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I say, let's take the tallest person in your family, have your child pray for the tallest down to the shortest, <laughs> and then the next day from the shortest to the tallest. Ooh. And that's one mix of the exercises. Yeah. Yeah, mix it up. That is good. Yeah, yeah. You also talk about the five fingers of prayer. I really think this is helpful. What yeah, is it? If we take the thumb, which is the closest to us, and we're saying, who's someone close to us? What are they experiencing? Are they hurting? Are they going through a tough time? Pray for that individual. The pointing finger, someone in our life that gives us instruction, a teacher. 
you know, maybe a coach, maybe a Sunday school teacher. Pray for that individual. That uh, middle finger, someone who takes a leadership role in our life, pray for their, you know, whether it may be the president of the, our mom's company or our dad's workplace, or to pray for the, the principal of the school or pray for the pastor of your church. And then the ring finger speaks of a family member. And then you pray for a family member. And then the pinky, you pray for someone that's close, whether it's a good friend, or whether it's a, a, you know, a buddy, whether it's someone like else in your that. life that you're concerned about. And when you go through this five-finger method, they hold their little fingers up and they wiggle them and they make it fun and engaging and, and you make it enjoyable. And you go through this, you may say, well, that's foolish, that's silly. It's not. Our children, we need to engage them in ways that they can understand. As they mature and as they develop a life of prayer, we can pull away some of these kinds of methods and go on to larger methods where I use social media as a way to connect in terms of prayer styles and prayer habits. And prayer journal, all kinds of things that that could lead into, but it opens their heart up to the uh, practice of prayer. Mm -hmm. I love that phrase, the practice of prayer, because it really is something that we have to personally practice before we try to help our kids learn the art of praying, if you will. Danny, it's so crucial. I mean, kids are watching us all the time. And um, without guilting or adding pressure to parents, why is it so important that we let our kids kind of be participants with and observers of our own prayer life? I think it shows a genuine conversation with the Heavenly Father, that you're uh, acknowledging how great God is and also asking for things and then showing gratitude for the way that you've seen God working in your life and also just the fact that you're willing to pause your life to pray and have a conversation with God. You you begin to pass on that that type of belief and faith that uh, you're wanting your kids to have by modeling and entering it authentically. Not that I have to do this or I should do this. It's I really want to do this. Mm-hmm. And I want to invite you guys into this conversation that I'm going to have with my Heavenly Father, and I want you guys to be a part of this and excited about that rather than, okay, let's get this over with, let's get this done so you guys go to bed. <laughs> it's more, which is, which is really, I, I'm just as guilty of that. Okay, one, so how, let, me, let me just interrupt you there because how do I handle a child who has that attitude of, can we please just get, get this over with? I don't like, this is uncomfortable for me. I don't like this. Yeah, it's the invitation. I'm inviting you to be a part of this. You don't, you don't, you don't have to. If they want to be restless or they don't, they don't want to, they want to go to another room. The last thing you want to do is force them in an invitation. That that doesn't make sense. That's not what God would want. This is a time where hey, we get to connect. Let's do this together and with young kids. I love to uh, go into the picture of a superhero. God calls us to be superheroes in His kingdom. He He says that ordinary people do extraordinary things when we step into our plan in His kingdom. Hmm. But we have to have that ongoing communication and conversation with God so that we know where to go and what to do. And I love what Dr. Ireland talks about, those five fingers, a little structure for prayer, especially for young kids, where they can learn where where they're going in this conversation. Sometimes even in in face-to-face conversations, you start to doubt, so what am I going to talk about? What are we going to do? And it becomes this art of conversation that we have with people that we learn over time as we mature learning to ask questions, learning to listen, learning to talk. And that's the pattern we want him to begin to learn in prayer, that this is a two-way conversation, but it takes us calming our hearts down enough. God says that he keeps him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because he trusts in him. Prayer is about trust. And if we're forcing a kid into prayer or uh, we're showing that this is just a hurried thing, 
we're not modeling the trust that's required for that conversation to take shape. Mm. That's good. I appreciate that. And um, I think for most of our audience members, you can use a little bit of encouragement in this area. We hope that these podcasts with Dr. Ireland and Danny uh, have been helpful. Certainly, we would refer you to Dr. Ireland's great book, Raising a Child Who Prays. Uh, we have that at Focus on the Family. We'll send a copy to you if you make a donation today of any amount. And uh, we also have a digital download of the full conversation that Jim and I had with David. Uh, look for those details in the show notes for this episode. Well, until next time, I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Danny and the team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.